What up, chat? Oh, not too much. You know. Yeah, yeah, I do know. I'm quite familiar, in fact. Yeah, yeah, you've lived this life. Yeah, every Tuesday. What if we're trapped in a time warp? And every Tuesday we come in, it's just the same Tuesday. It's like Groundhog Day, but it's a week long, and we somehow still don't manage to progress as people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, how long was he trapped there? 10,000 years or something, somebody said? I have said? no idea. Oh, God. That I haven't be... seen that movie in a while. I should watch it again. There and then watch it again theories. right after that. Yeah. Just make sure you keep watching it at the same time every day. Oh, yeah, that's a good that's a good idea. Yeah, there are a lot of weird fan theories about that movie. But some I think whoever wrote the movie said that in his mind he had lived through the day for 10,000 years or something Holy like that. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, welcome to Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast ostensibly about nerd shit, such as how many days Bill Murray was trapped <laughs> in Groundhog Day. That sort of thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am Denzel. I'm Chet. And we're your hosts for this very, your very favorite podcast. Your number one. The only one you listen to. Number one. Classic. Off Off the the charts. charts. Smash it. it. All right. Well, this week, we're going to chat a little bit about some things that Chet saw. I seen some things, man. I I seen seen some shit. I seen some footage. Aha. Whatever happened to Death Grips? I heard they released another album. Yeah, they said that they were going to call it quits, but didn't, as many <laughs> bands do. Yeah, <laughs> man, that money stopped flowing in at the same speed. We got to do something about that. Yeah, yeah, real weird. But I don't. It's not that I'm a, not a fan. It's just that I don't like their music. Yeah. We have a few. We have a question about this. I looked at the questions, and somebody asked us about Kamikaze Eminem's. Uh, surprise album oh yeah and i look at eminem and death grips in the same way like they make interesting music and like i can understand why people like them but i literally don't care (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) yeah i that's i like a couple of death grips songs but i can't say i've ever sat down and listened to an album like cover to cover and like really banged with it or anything. It's like, I don't know. A lot of their stuff sounds the same to me. Increasingly. I find that that's the issue with albums. Like a lot of people will release an album, but there will only be like four really good songs off of it. That, that and, would be a good album. <laughs> yeah. And they release a 23 track fucking album. <laughs> yeah. It's the last, one of the last albums that I listened to front to back. And I was just like, God damn, this bangs almost all the way through. Almost. I think there were two songs that I wasn't fucking with was Missy Elliott's under construction. Okay. Yeah. That album front to back fucking bangs. I mean, but Missy Elliott comes from, a day when they would do that. Yeah, where people <laughs> actually put work into their albums. Yeah. I can't wait until I start producing EDM music oh, and geez. it's literally the same track seven times with different <laughs> instruments on some dead mouse shit. God. And people I don't understand like how people bang with EDM artists like that. I never really understood it myself. Like Dead Mouse, even when I was like kind of into more EDM stuff, I never fucked with Dead Mouse. Like I would like a Skrillex track here and there. But I just felt like Dead Mouse never released anything all that interesting to me. And, I mean, there was a lot of them that were like that. Like, Infected Mushroom was an artist that a lot of people recommended to me based on my other tastes. And I'm like, 
there's something about this that just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about most electronic music that sucks. Well, the thing is, I will give it to specifically Daft Punk mm-hmm. for having very interesting music. Like yeah. it was, it was proto future funk. Yeah, actually, it really was. And but I, it's good. Yeah, but I think a lot of that comes from, and a lot of people don't realize, most of their, like, noteworthy melodies are just samples. Yeah. So, like, when you rock out to Robot Rock, that's just music from the 70s. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, I'm totally fine with. I, I would fuck with both the original and Robot Rock. Like, I'm fine with that. But... I think part of why I dislike Infected Mushroom and Dead Mouse and stuff because they can't write a melody, and neither could Daft Punk, so they didn't. They yeah. stole. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would argue even in Daft Punk's case, and this might be some peak hater shit, but I would say that French House, the sound that they're most famous for, yeah. is a blatant ripoff of Chicago House. Aha. Uh-huh. And Chicago House, it was a bunch of black dudes with old records. It's like music my mom listened to. Oh, yeah. But, like, not sped up, not chopped in the same manner that, that French House is. But it's, like, it's basically the same thing except sped up. Yeah, I mean, and I guess the more recent sort of take on that is Vaporwave, which was just Diana Ross, but slowed down. Yeah. <laughs> or Windows startup music. Yeah. Shoutouts to Vaporwave for coming in and exiting like Abe Simpson <laughs> in the gif where he goes into the club where Bart is working. <laughs> that shit came and went so fucking fast. Because I think people realized it was kind of like there was nothing to it. Yeah, that and there are several genres that have kind of popped up that just kind of disappeared. Like dubstep was a good example of that. But to be fair, dubstep was actually really, really banging before Skrillex got his hands on it and made it all American and fucking weird. And only like the sound of a fucking saw sawing against metal. (laughs) Yeah, Skrillex really... He changed the game and not necessarily for the better, yeah. but he did push it into the mainstream and which of course, then everyone's like, the fuck is this? <laughs> so people either really fucked with it and then, you know, just became EDM heads or they hated it and it disappeared just as quickly as it came. Well, so the problem is that dubstep, I don't know fucking how exploded. It just, it fucking exploded in America. Like the first example of it that I can really think of was the reptile theme that Skrillex did. It was like a collab with Mortal Kombat where a bunch of artists did like character themes, but Reptile was the only good one. And that song's pretty hype. Like I will not front on that. I will I haven't listened to it in years, but I bet you if I heard it again I would still get hype. But he just kind of got all his fame off of one little thing. I don't I don't know. Yeah, he was literally a one-trick pony. Now, granted, I don't want somebody to fucking at me and be like, Skrillex was in a very successful band beforehand, and he just started producing dubstep when he was like 16 or, or some shit, and he blew up off of that uh, using the success in his previous band. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. He, and he still produces now. I know yeah. that. He makes other songs. He produces tracks for pop artists or whomever yeah yeah i mean he's gonna be on fucking uh kingdom hearts kingdom hearts 3 uh the main theme 
is between him and Utada and someone else involved. I always forget who the other person is. It's not going to be like a dubstep track. No, it's not. It's, it's not going to be like blah, 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 blah. when you walk away. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> going wild for the night. Yeah, it's not going to be like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's interesting to see where people's careers go after after their 15 minutes is up that dude made fucking billions same with like that cat martin garrix that literally had that one song yeah and he's a child yeah he was 17 years old i don't know how he managed to pull this off but he had one song that got licensed like 400 million times and he got to play like big arenas and shit and like the funniest thing about that was uh when he came into the scene if, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. I think Avicii had to teach him how to DJ because he had right. no fucking idea what to do because he only had the one song. Yeah, he like he was in school for music and like music production and stuff when he blew up. And like, I don't get where he came from or where he went. I don't even remember what song he put out that was. It so was popular. Animal. It was the do 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 do. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, that song banged. Yeah, yeah. But it's not it's not as if like Martin Garrix was a lasting lasting figure in the music scene. He might be still DJing big venues. And also another thing that bothers me about the EDM scene is there are like four hundred million DJs that I've never heard of before that are performing at like gigantic venues, and I'm wondering where the fuck their audience is. And how I've never heard of them. I don't... Given that I've been to a few clubs that kind of specialize in EDM, they'll have DJs that I've never heard of and will probably never hear of again. But I think it's just... It's more the venue. And, like, the venue will just need someone. And it's like, oh, this person can work a crowd decently? Fine. You got the gig. Here's 500 bucks. You're here for the night. Have fun. And... I mean, there's there's a demand for it. It's not. I I think the clubs would have been fine with basically whoever DJs, as long as they're competent. That's fine. And so you get some halfway competent DJ that happens to know the top forty EDM charts, and that's it. And then they get paid. Let me let me go at this from another angle. Do you think that there are so many subgenres? With their own communities, that these people are gigantic for that reason. Like Gabber is probably like, ironically, it's my favorite, but unironically, is probably some of the most fucking annoying music that I've ever heard. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. I, it's like it's like the meme version of Happy Hardcore. God, and Happy Hardcore is already annoying to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, granted, I'm not like keyed into the scene like I used to be. So, there were a lot of obscure heads that I've heard of before, such as a group called Nuzu Nuzu, who made like bass music. That's the best way to describe it. It was just different levels and variances of bass. Jesus. With that aside, like, there are definitely smaller cats that I've heard of because of like, there were a handful of podcasts I listened to. Um, that just had DJ mixes like Boiler Room. Oh yeah, um, fuck. There's a, there's a bunch of those. I always forget. Yeah, yeah, but they were great because you would listen to those cats, and then you would find out about music through them or whatever. But at the same time, the question still arises: like, how the fuck are they finding out about these people? 
Isn't Man, just like the press I, machine? I think with something like an obscure genre like Gabber, for example, that's going to be dedicated fans actually looking for it. Like there was a time in my life, and this is kind of related to another question that was brought up in the subreddit, but uh, there was a time in my life where I actively looked for new music. And that was when I had just... Oh, there's a thread about that. Yeah. On, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So on the subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Go there. Look at the thread. Post how you uh, found out about new music. Yeah. So this was, ooh, it must have been like 2011, 2012, that I was like, there was a, a feed on this website called damnsonwhereedyoufindthis.com. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. So like... Anytime something was posted there, I would listen to their to the stuff that got posted, and then I would go and find like stuff from that artist. That was like proto deep house kind of stuff on that was on there, and like I would actively look for that stuff. So if if I was really into Gabber, and I know that that's not like popping anywhere, I'm gonna find whoever is my favorite Gabber artist, find who they like, who they collaborate with, and just like. Find, get as much of this as possible you know yeah and that makes sense i used to do the the website thing a while back too there was like a site that i watched for a while called live for the funk mm-hmm. but their site was taken down because they had like mad dmca takedowns on this <laughs> shit because they were uploading it directly to the site oh okay yeah That's, and yeah don't do that i i understand the whole youtube culture now where you fucking just steal somebody's song and put it on your fucking youtube yeah. channel and hope it gets really popular but i don't really uh, respect game like that isn't that how monster cat came about like weren't they just uploading people's stuff like and saying hey this is this is us because that's kind of my understanding of them. I could be totally wrong. On no, that. I have no idea who that is. Oh, honestly. Monster Cat's like a dance EDM kind of label. I think they're a label now, but I'm pretty sure it started as just a YouTube channel and like a SoundCloud feed of just like, hey, we're taking people's stuff and re-uploading it all in one place. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And that's how you found out, find out about new music now. One of the things that I liked about those sites is that they were specially curated. Yeah. So what they would do, I mean, it was a fucking WordPress site. <laughs> so they would have tags on all of the posts. So if you were looking for something similar in that vein, you could click on the tab and well, you could click on the tag and you could find whatever. Like there were not every song was a banger, sure. but it was curated in a way that made sense. Unlike these fucking like trap YouTube channels where it's like trap house music. Yeah. It's, it was specially curated stuff. It was people who had opinions about music that knew what they liked and weren't going to post everything that they found. Unlike a lot of these YouTube channels. Yeah. Yeah. It's where it's, even if it's tangentially related to your, something that you might like. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Someone will like it. It'll get some clicks. Yeah. And that's it. These channels probably have like the highest variance in watches per video. They'll probably have videos with like 20 watches and then another one with 8 million. Jeez. I don't know. I just, I just don't respect game like that. Yeah. It's a little scummy, but whatever. It does help people discover new music. So I can't hate on it completely. Yeah, and I'm sure it's gotten a bunch of people DJ gigs or whatever. Oh, I'm certain of that. I guess if I were to say 
I was an artist and they took some of my music and just posted on their channel, one, I'd be really annoyed if they didn't at me and say, hey, we posted your song. Right. It's here. And two, if it's a song for sale, I'd be even more pissed. Definitely. If they posted it and then they just like, were didn't like. didn't even have a link to your shit or anything. That's, yeah. yeah. That'd be fucked up. I actually have some art on a couple of those channels. Like I had. It was right when I was graduating college. I would participate in this weekly uh, contest. I never ended up winning any of the contests, but I only did like four or five of them. But uh, that art was all posted publicly. And then someone saw one of my things and was like, yo, this is tight. I'm going to put this on my YouTube. Is that cool? I'm like, yeah, just credit me. Link to my Behance or whatever. That oh, was yeah. it. So I've got, got a, a couple of pieces of art on some of those channels from years ago. That's good. Yeah. I mean, at least they went through the trouble of crediting you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not hard to contact. It's like every time those things were posted, I would always have like an, either an email or a Twitter address or something linked to it. So, you know, it yeah. was not a hard. So, yeah, at least credit your artists. <laughs> yeah. At the very least. At the very least. Yeah. One of the things that pisses me off about those 24-hour radio stations, essentially, on YouTube, like, chill hip-hop beats to <laughs> yeah. vibe and smoke to. Yeah. Whatever. They don't ever post the names of the people. No. There's so many times playing. where I, like, I would just have that on in the background and be like, oh, I kind of like this. And I'd have to pull out Shazam or something. And oftentimes it doesn't come up yeah, it's because it's just they're super indie artists. They're yeah. just random fucking people. And they don't even have a bot in the channel to let you know who it is. Yeah, that would actually really help uh, if they just did that. Just have a bot constantly saying, like, hey, the song you're listening to is this. And just keep that as the pinned comment or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it's actually kind of funny. One of the channels that I was listening to had a little thing that would come up that would say, subscribe to the channel to find out who the artist is. But... It didn't There's do that. There's no way. It didn't do that. No. There was, it was so stupid. That's so fucked up. <sighs> like, so they know there's a demand for this. They know people want this and are yeah. capitalizing on it, but not actually delivering. That's exactly. so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. But with the democratization of music online, there are a lot of people who just sound the fucking same. Yeah. And there is this cat or two cats, Bryson Tiller and Tory Lanes, to me, sound virtually identical except they choose different beats and they're both very popular artists but i prefer bryson tiller there's this one french dude who samples like old french music from like the 50s and 60s and creates those steady beats those chill beats or whatever and there's another cat who sounds just like him like legit will use the same four set pattern and do the same different shit filter the vocals the same except he's German and does it with <laughs> German music it's fucking embarrassing Damn. but you know whatever some of these people are finding shine or whatever yeah. but look out for my EDM release of 12 tracks that sound exactly identical with a change in maybe the hi-hats and maybe some of the leads Easy peasy. So, Chet, what what did you watch? Uh, let's start with the My Hero Academia movie. Oh, cool. It's My Hero Academia, the two heroes. And, okay, uh, so I'm going to take a swing at the plot. Okay. All right. So, All Might, it's, this movie's about All Might, right? Largely, yes. <laughs> okay, this is before he started to lose 
plus ultra or whatever the fuck his power is called. All uh, for one. All, one for all. One for all. So, all right. So, this movie's about All Might who meets Gran Torino. And Gran Torino takes him to a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole, the whole point is to get him possessed for one for all, by one for all. God damn it. <laughs> and so, he gains the power of one for all and becomes... Devil Man. Yeah, yeah. And God Deku has to restart <laughs> the world for the 30th time. So, anyway, go ahead. Uh, okay, you're, uh, you're 5% correct. Um, so, is this like when he's younger? There's flashbacks. There's references to when he's younger. But it takes place kind of... It's like... Oh, is this how he... Like, when he gets hurt initially? Like, really I wish. badly? Fuck! <laughs> I wish. Uh, now, this takes place between, I guess, after the sports festival. No, it's after Deku's been trained by Gran Torino, but before they go off into the um, onto the field trips. So, it's like, it's before the fight with All for One and, like, anything leading up to that. So, it's kind of, like, in that space. And uh, they go, basically, um, Deku and All Might go to this island there's going to be mild spoilers in this. It's not, I'm not going to give away. There's nothing really happens that's fucking major or anything. Oh, because it takes place in between two seasons. Yeah. Nothing gigantic actually takes place. Yeah. So oh, that's a whatever. bummer. Uh, but so Deku and All Might are invited to this island where it's basically like an island of researchers. It's a man-made island where people can research quirks and technologies and People can use their quirks freely without any like repercussion because in the civilized world, you know, using your quirk is like brandishing a gun. You're not supposed to use it unless you're licensed because you're a cop or a hero or whatever. Yeah, you're the good guy with the quirk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here, you know, you can just use your shit freely. No problems. But uh, there's this big inventor's fair gala thing. It's not really clear on what. And uh all Might goes to meet his old best friend who used to be his partner, who was he's an inventor, and then he's got a hot daughter. Uh, and she's about Deku's age, is a little bit older, they hit it off, whatever. And of course, all your favorites are there. Every major character from Class 1A also shows up for this inventor's fair. A couple of people actually have reasonable reasons, like uh, Todoroki and um, Momo. They're both from big influential families, so they got invited to represent their families. But then other people are just there, like, on a whim, and it makes no fucking sense. Like, Kirishima's there, and it's like, dude, you're not rich. You're not influential. Like, why are you even here? Okay, Mineta's there. Again, what are you even doing? So, like, I don't know, but they just wanted to, oh, it's the fan favorites, and you're all here. The gang's all here. But they also only introduced, like, two new characters which is the best the scientist best friend and his daughter well i mean it would make sense as to why they would only introduce two because if they're writing this between seasons or if they're literally just making up the story as the seasons are going out they can't do anything that would catastrophically change the following season that is true that is true and i i feel like they could have added more inconsequential side characters like Melissa and Dave, the scientist and his daughter, like 
you we could have had more characters of that ilk or even like a more interesting villain or just anything like that but was the scientist the villain the whole time sort of of course and his daughter's like no dad stop of course she was and does she get killed no <sighs> no one dies uh no one dies no well, there's probably some deaths off screen but whatever uh yeah so it's it's kind of whatever it's basically just another episode and that's in my opinion that's to its detriment because usually when you have an anime movie based on a series there's a noticeable uptick in quality and it's refreshing and they get to do some things that they don't normally do during the series there's none of that in this it the quality feels like an episode the writing feels like a very short story arc it's all the same characters. It's a different setting, so that's kind of cool, I guess. But there's kind of nothing really happens, and then that's kind of the feeling towards it. So, but with all that said, I did enjoy it. You know, if you like My Hero Academia, you'd probably like the movie. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it. I just feel like they could have done more with it. I heard the animation's not that tight. It's pretty weak for the most part, except for the very last fight. Like, there's other smaller fights that take place, because duh. Uh, And it's kind of standard whatever quality, like nothing great, nothing terrible. It's whatever. I mean, it's totally fine. It is enjoyable. If you like My Hero, go ahead and see it. But don't expect to be blown away. Mm, Okay. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. That one thing that is kind of nice, though, is because of how safe they played it, it definitely is probably canon. Okay. So that's kind of nice because a lot of anime movies are just unbelievable, totally non-canon bullshit. This probably canon. Okay. So, okay. Well, you know. good. Uh, yeah. Before we get into the next thing you watched, just so you're aware, listener at home. If you go to patreon.com slash real nerd hours, you will find the full second volume of Night School. This one's about Kingdom Hearts. Episode four released uh, before this podcast came out, but definitely not on Monday. I can tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's, It's a series where we take something and explain it to death. Mostly the story. So the first one was Invincible, the comic book that I did with Charles. The second one, Chet and Lonnie join uh, me and Charles, and we go over Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. So all four episodes of those are out. You know what I'll do? You know, I will... I'll go ahead and post one of the episodes in the feed. Not this week or next week or the following week, but... At at some point. At the end of the month. I, Yeah, at... At the end of the month. Okay. And sorry about not having a live show uh, this weekend. Scheduling conflict, scheduling issue came up. We're going to be doing it this weekend. I don't expect anybody to watch, but if you want to, I'll have the link in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah. So the next thing I watched, there's a uh, a Netflix show that is going. It's it's a show adaptation. And continuation of the 2011 movie starring Bradley Cooper, Limitless. And I hadn't seen the movie Limitless. I thought that's what I was clicking on. No, it's a show based on and continuing 
the movie. But in what did you watch the movie as a result of watching the show? Or yes. No? Oh, okay. So what are they continuing? Okay. Because at the end of the show, he's basically a god. So the movie, just to give some some background, uh, the movie is this. You know what? I'll explain it. Oh yeah, you go for it. So Robert De Niro takes Bradley Cooper to a nightclub. Oh god. And he offers him some pills, and he's just like, I've never put Molly in my butt before, so I'm going to do it. So he takes, he takes the pill, puts it in his butt, and is promptly taken over by a demon and becomes Devil Man. Then Jesus, whoever his girlfriend is at the time, has to reset the earth once uh, Robert De Niro kills him at the end, blah, blah, blah. So however the plot goes of Devil Man Cry, baby, I'm starting to forget. <laughs> you got to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's also pretty accurate, but, uh, there's this average Joe writer, everything's going wrong in his life, whatever. And, uh, he runs into his ex-wife's brother and he gives him this pill called NZT that basically allows you to access everything your brain has ever stored. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily make you superhuman or anything, but just imagine if you would never forget anything and that's how it is, which is an interesting premise. It's not like Lucy where it's like, Oh, I could suddenly speak Chang. I never saw Lucy. That movie looks stupid, but well, it, it progress. It's basically like limitless, but actually limitless. Like she like phases into a room or something. She yeah, becomes like the earth or that, something at that's the end. A little ridiculous. So it's not like that, but it, it's slightly more grounded. But you know, you just get better pattern recognition. You learn super quick. Whatever. It's really handy. There's also horrible side effects because you your brain can't handle it. And uh, this dude uses his newfound abilities and his newfound stash of drugs to get a lot of money, and that's about it. And then, end of the movie, he becomes a senator after having crafted an injection that basically does the same shit as the pills, but without the side effects. And, yeah. So, that's, that's the movie. The show is another guy who is kind of in a similar situation to Bradley Cooper in the first in the movie and the FBI is now looking for him so he gets caught by the FBI and starts working with them and then Bradley Cooper shows up and is like hey I'm going to give you this injection so you don't get any of the side effects of NZT uh, and oh if, Bradley Cooper's actually in the show he shows up at the end of the first episode I watched three more episodes and he hasn't shown up again <laughs> okay alright well that's cool yeah it, it was kind of cool um, and yeah so the first episode pretty cool I hadn't seen the movie at that time so it was interesting the guy the main character was a little bit of an asshole but once he took the pill he was a little bit better and was like oh wow you know bradley cooper played it more cool when he was on nzt this guy was like a kid in a candy store uh which you know was kind of fun in ways but whatever then the second episode took a fucking drop off a cliff so, like I said, he's working with the FBI. Well, 
all of like the sort of uh, decorum that he had while NZT, well, while on NZT, that's all gone. He's full on kid in a candy store the whole time. And all he's doing is solving crimes with the FBI. And four episodes in, I can already tell you the fucking formula of the show. And it's, no, there's this big crime. Okay. We don't know what the fuck's going on. Don't worry, guys. I'm super smart. I'll figure this out. Guys, I figured it out. It turns out he's this guy that's been around forever. He's this this mastermind criminal that's been around. Okay. We found the mastermind criminal because I'm so smart. Wait, guys. The mastermind criminal didn't do it. What? Yeah. Oh, no, we have to find the real bad guy now. Oh, the real bad guy was this other super smart guy that was really good at covering his tracks, but our super smart guy figured it out. Wow, what a nice, neat little bow on this one-hour show. Oh, boy. Uh, I've always disliked police procedurals for that reason. The only one that I could fuck with heavy was Law & Order. Law & Order did it just right. Because it was so serious and like it, it did it really well. The uh, there's a uh, the main FBI liaison woman. She was in another crime show and I, I can't remember what, but she has a very odd face. <laughs> <laughs> and they they try and play her up as though she's super attractive, and it always bugs me when shows do that or anything does that. Like Julia Roberts, um, uh, what's her name from Sex and the City with the foot face. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, her. Uh, Jennifer Garner. A lot of those like really basic, plain-looking white girls that just have the super uh, pointed chin. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I guess I guess that's one of my major turnoffs. If you have a massive pointed chin, uh huh, uh huh. But in any or a fucking Maggie Gyllenhaal in a Dark Knight, they always play them out to be like these. Gorgeous women. It's like, yo, dog, come on. She's a six on a good day. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, that's one thing that I could do without in movies when they just try to play up how beautiful somebody is. Like, I, we get it. They're actresses. They're, like, this is the world of make-believe. But, (laughs) like, don't... Don't try to like force weird standards on people in movies, right? Like, don't say like, "Oh, yo, this guy is so fucking hot," and it's Dane Cook. Ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy. Oh my god, I can't believe like how ugly this dude is, and it's fucking Kevin James. <laughs> it's yeah. like, ah, come on, guys. Like, you don't have to play that up. Nah, I, I always thought it was really dumb and contrived. Like when playing it up in either direction, unless. They take it to the extreme of like the McPoyles from Always Sunny, where these people aren't just ugly, they're repulsive. <laughs> <laughs> but they never even really talk about like, oh, they're unattractive. They're just gross, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that always bugged me. But the show Limitless, it could have been good. And the main character becomes really unlikable really fast because he's supposed to be fucking intelligent and you know should have that level of he should be so smart he should know how to carry himself but he doesn't he acts like fucking star lord and then just has an encyclopedic knowledge of everything 
the way it, it says a lot about the people who wrote that movie that Bradley Cooper would decide to become a senator. Yeah. <laughs> of all things. Yeah. Rather than doing something actually useful. Like... Yeah, that's that's the highest, uh, or not even the highest, but like that's one of the best positions you can have in life as a senator. It's like, well, it depends on what your goals are, right? If you're really smart, I don't see why you would become a senator. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it myself. But what I fucking invented Facebook. He would have fucking. He would have invented Twitter, like Google's competitor. He would have invented a lot of different shit. Although I will say it could be that it just speaks towards someone's personality. Like, he could study up on, like, a bunch of UX stuff and, like, software engineering. Actually, they would make for an excellent coder because most engineers spend a lot of time just looking up how to do shit and, like, compiling libraries and stuff. Yep. But... I don't know. Maybe that just doesn't interest him with his I infinite mean, wisdom. He he could have like made a new hadron collider. He could have been like the actually smart Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> Shoutouts to the fraud case, by the way. Yeah, Shoutouts. Uh, he could have done a lot of things, but like in the minds of the writers, like the easiest answer was like, eh, "He can become a senator." Like people know what that is. Yeah. I mean, like, granted, this was before like social media. I think the movie came out in like. 2011 yeah it was 2011 yeah so, so this was before was, like it really took over everything but yeah. it was already on its way but if he got better at fucking pattern recognition so quickly then hmm. he could have just jumped into the market hmm. he could have been doing so many other he would literally just be elon musk in yeah. the show he would just walk up hey guys you ever think about changing your shares to 420 that'd be really <laughs> funny right god <laughs> okay well anyway yeah. but yeah the uh the show had potential got real shitty really fast because it has unlikable characters a predictable story there's like a b and a c plot of like his romantic life with the daughter from you know with the babysitter from crazy stupid love so that's weird to me uh and then his dad and like his family but it Mostly about his dad who was sick and he got him a new liver and whatever. Uh, oh, you mean he wasn't smart enough to just create a pill that cures liver problems? No, nah, not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, yeah I, I don't think I'm going to watch any more of it. I got four episodes deep and I think we're going to stop right there. Good. Good. Yeah. I finished... Uh, Iron Fist since the last time we talked. How was that? And the ending is just as dumb as I thought it would be. That sounds about right. Uh, I waited a little bit longer to talk about it because now I can spoil the ending uh-huh. uh, without people being like super butthurt about it. So just skip ahead a few minutes or whatever if you don't want to hear spoilers. So essentially, he manages to take the Iron Fist back from his best friend without killing him. Which is, like, one of my biggest problems with superhero shit. But, like, in this instance, I can understand why he didn't want to kill his ex-best friend or whatever the fuck he was to him. But at the same time, I think I would have just murdered that dude. (laughs) Uh, Especially because, like, Colleen Wing, his girlfriend, receives the Iron Fist as well. Oh, word. She's the new Iron Fist. And several months later... 
Danny is in another country with his brother and he's got two iron fists and he's firing guns. He shoots guns and the guns are imbued with the power of the iron fist. What? And so are the bullets. The bullets have the power what? of the iron fist. <laughs> and so this guy pulls out a gun on Danny and Danny pulls out his two iron fist guns. God. He shoots two bullets at the one bullet coming at him, and it just erupts into like a big flash of whatever, like particles from the gun bullets. Fire these people! And so he he holsters the guns again. He turns off the power of the iron fist, and they draw out of the guns and presumably the bullets. He holsters the guns, and he says. Don't try that again. <laughs> and then the episode cuts. And that Is was the this final. real? Yeah. That's <laughs> explaining it. It's so ridiculous. You're fucking with me. Nope. That's dead ass. That's real shit right there. I mean, like, I was stoked for Colleen to become the Iron Fist. So uh, I was that's like, fine. That's okay, fine. like, so they she can. She seems like she'd be more competent with it. Yeah, definitely. Like, you can fucking just tell Danny to fuck off. Yeah, no one like you. Like, anyway. you, you could have killed him at the end of the series and you would have been fine. And Colleen could have been, like, the new Iron Fist. And, like, her and Luke Cage could have been heroes for hire, which would have been way better. Instead of the fucking iron gun? Yeah, the dude's got guns now. I, one of my biggest problems with superhero media is like, why would you have any hero carry around a gun if they're not willing to kill somebody? That's really about it. Yeah. And I think that it's a poor decision to have him running around with guns. Because I know in the next season they're just going to retcon that bullshit. They're just going to be like, ah, well, he doesn't he doesn't have guns anymore. Or maybe they're hoping that the ending was so stupid and bad <laughs> that they'll get canceled. I mean... But they, if you cancel one, you'd have to cancel them all, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have to necessarily cancel them all. You could just do like a... Uh, uh, a series of cameos. Yeah, exactly. You could fold some of these shows into one show. Which, again, I think would probably make the shows better because they won't have to draw them all out so fucking long. Yeah. Yeah. You could call it the Marvel Hero Super Show and just do vignettes of each character's series uh, in four episodes. Or their whole season, I guess. So, apparently... Iron Fist having guns is actually a thing in the comics? Yeah, of course it is. I am, I am curious about this. I mean, obviously, I, I was never, like, the most into Iron Fist. I like the concept of him, but I never really paid attention to it. But, uh... Yeah, he's got iron guns, baby. Iron fucking guns. Yeah, so add us, uh, let us know why in the fuck we should give a fuck about Iron Fist with two glowing guns. <laughs> and why has, why isn't he just murdering people? Why is he, why carry guns if you're not going to shoot somebody? Yeah. That's really, that's really all it boils down to. Yeah. And so you can shoot other bullets out of the air? What the fuck? Clearly. Can't you just punch them out of the air? I mean, his fists are iron. You might as well. Ugh, fuck. It's, it would take far less effort to just punch them out of the air than it would to take two pistols <laughs> and aim the bullets at the same exact position and shoot it at the exact time to deflect the other bullet. Yeah, that seems a lot more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's stupid. Yeah, it was really fucking dumb.
Hey, on, on a somewhat related note, I learned recently that it is technically actually possible to cut a bullet out of the air with a sword. Yeah, Mythbusters did that like 10 years ago. But I mean like wielding it. Because I mean, yes, uh, if you shoot a bullet at a sharp object, the bullet will split itself in half. But they're just going to continue along the same path based on the shape of the uh, the blade. Mm-hmm. But if you were to actually, if you had the reaction speed fast enough for this, which is about five milliseconds, you could theoretically actually just cut it and alter the path of of a bullet so that you walk away unharmed. Yeah, you would have to be cutting before the bullet is fired. Pretty much, yeah. 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 You'd have to be really fucking lucky. That too. <laughs> Unless if you're like in feudal Japan and people are still using fucking muskets. Oh yeah, if you got a flintlock, that's a different story. <laughs> those balls are car- traveling at like 35 miles a minute. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, that kind of... <laughs> Like it's basically like, a paintball gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that, that wraps that up. Yeah. You want to get into the questions from the subreddit? Reddit.com slash r slash real nine hours. You know what to do. You know what it is. Join the discussion. Juice Campbell asks, do you have any cringeworthy experiences with quote unquote straight edge people? What do you think of the straight edge movement? Why is there a distinction between straight edge people and people who just choose to be sober and don't make a big deal of it? Because people want to identify with something. And it's, I mean, like, I don't really want to front on people because it seems like the majority of people do it rather than the inverse where everybody's got to identify something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Straight edge people suck. <laughs> well, at least the ones that are super vocal and fucking annoying about it. Yeah. There was an Australian woman that I knew when I was in college that was straight edge. And she would shit on anybody who would put X's on any of their stuff. Because <laughs> apparently the X's denote straight edge. Yeah. Well, it specifically, like, if you put an X on your hand or something, yeah. that was, like, the common thing. Yeah, which I'm pretty sure stemmed from when people would go to shows and they were between the ages of 18 and 21, so they couldn't drink. They would get an X put on their hand so the bartender would know, don't serve them alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, they kind of reappropriated that into its own thing, which, okay, that's fine and cool and stuff, but don't yeah. be a fucking dick about it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I never really had any bad experiences with anyone straight edge, but I do think the whole concept is pretty stupid. Like, at least tying an identity to it. I don't really care if you choose not to do drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever. Some people even extend that to no premarital sex. Or no meat. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, So the fact that there are varying definitions of it kind of... uh, lower its credibility as a movement of any sort but yeah i've had i've had some people you know talk down to me because you know i choose to get drunk at conventions and stuff like i don't know why anyone would do that while i'm cosplaying i'm like well because i want to suck my dick i mean like (laughs) my thing is there there are just a handful of people 
that I find awful to interact with. And it's anybody who's fucking sanctimonious about anything that they're about in life. Like, oh, yeah, that's for sure. I'm straight at. Why aren't you? There was a there was a vegan woman that I used to know when I was volunteering at this daycare uh, for the required hours for high school. And she would talk shit to me every time I would buy Skittles. What the fuck? Because they're made from gelatin. Yeah. Gelatin's bone of some sort. It's usually fish or pig bone. Like, it's collagen, basically. Yeah. Of some sort. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. But, yeah. She would get very upset with me every time. And I'd be like, look, dog, like... I'm, I'm, it's still tasty. It's yeah. still it's still I mean, delicious. I'm 17 she, years old, so why is she so up in arms about you buying Skittles when you're gonna go home and probably have some form of meat for dinner? But ultimately, yeah, I've had run-ins with straight edge people. I mean, I've had run-ins basically anybody who identifies as anything, and for the most part, you know that they're that because they're sanctimonious about it. Yeah, and if they weren't, you wouldn't know. And there are probably millions of them that exist in this world, but they're not busy telling people about it. I I have deep respect for anyone who chooses to be live an alternative lifestyle and just shut up about it because you don't have to like I'm not going to try and convince someone to not be vegan. I don't give a shit. It has it has no bearing on my life. And kind of the inverse is true. Like, if I choose to drink, I'm not going to force someone else to drink. And Fucking you put it to your lips. Sip on this. As, Sip on it. As long as my actions aren't being self-destructive or harming the people around me, you, I don't, you don't get to say what I should do. Like, I've got, I've got a good friend, old Mav, shout outs. Oh, uh, shout outs to Maverick. He, uh, he doesn't drink, but he's never once ever said that to me without me saying hey you want a drink or something yeah first yeah and that's it like that's the end of it he also doesn't really drink soda but no one gets on him about that but he also doesn't get on us about it like we'll invite him to parties where people are getting fucked up he's driven me home when i was about to puke like he's cool about it and that's that's the way to be he's still a good friend I, I just don't get why so many people have to try to impose their own self-imposed virtues onto other people. So, for vegans, that's something I kind of understand because, vegans, like... Vegans, there's a sense of, like... Ethical. You're doing yeah. something unethical by eating meat because right. like, you're essentially taking the life of something else, too. Right, and there's also pollution and... You know, the widespread consumption of meat does harm the planet. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, to a certain degree, I understand veganism, but, like, don't don't try me. I mean, I I have several reasons for not going vegan or vegetarian. The first and foremost is that I just enjoy eating meat. But. Yeah, um, you do. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But, I mean, it's not as though veganism has a huge ethical high ground yes meat consumption does need to go down but a lot of the popular substitutes involved are also unethical like quinoa is actually really problematic for a lot of like bolivian farmers because they can't afford their own to they can't afford to eat their own staple food because it's now being exported so much and the price has gone up they used to just eat this shit, and now they can't afford to. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> don't buy quinoa, people. There you and go. Don't buy palm oil. 
There's a lot of like just really problematic foods. We talked about this before in a different episode. Yeah, I'm sure. There's so many things that are fucking awful for everyone involved. Like as the communist dictate says, there's no such thing as ethical consumption. Like there's going to be some sort of problem along the line. So unless you're producing your own stuff, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's enough on that. Rella Rella asks, all right, you liberal cucks, I got questions about cuckolding. If Captain Ginyu body swaps with you and fucks your wife, are you being cucked? I think that's just rape. <laughs> I mean, well, but if she consents to fucking Captain Ginyu in, your in body. Goku's body or your body or whoever, like knowing that it's Ginyu in there. I'd say that's cuckoldry. Yeah. Not yeah. rape. Yeah. yeah. If she's consenting, knowing full well that it's Captain Ginyu. Yeah. And then he also clarifies even further with, are you being cucked if you watched? Yes. Are you being cucked if you fuck your wife using Captain Ginyu's body while he watches using your eyes? No. Yeah. See, now I don't, I think Ginyu fucking Goku or, yeah, that's just wow. gay. Uh, Ginyu fucking your wife in your body, if she consents, is cuckoldry. Uh, if she doesn't consent, that's rape. If you fuck your wife using Ginyu's body and she consents, that's not cuckoldry. No, you're just using some other guy's dick. Yeah. That's, that's literally the circumstance in which, like, people this was a popular insult for a long time and i think i still think it's valid i wouldn't fuck you with his dick yeah i i that is a great insult <laughs> yeah yeah uh dean whitaker 1995 asks oh that's a new one it is a new one welcome any games you two have played lately and enjoyed or hated dog I fucking I played Fortnite for a long time, and I'm, I'm coming to Fortnite. I come to the conclusion recently that I fucking hate that game. Well, now I it's all ten year olds. It. It's fucking you shoot at somebody, and then they spring up like a ten story house with a backyard and a detached <laughs> garage, just to like not be shot at. And it's super. I just want to shoot somebody. Typically, when I play a game, at some point, I always say like, I fucking hate this game. But, like, I actually mean it with Fortnite <laughs> and Overwatch as well. I fucking hate both of those games. Oh, man. And it's not necessarily, at least in Overwatch's case, because of the game itself. It's because I just can't stand the people I play with. That's definitely fair. Why don't you just go in a six stack, though? Uh, not everybody's prepared to play at the same time. And plus, like, when you're playing with the homies and the homies are getting, like, shooketh mid-game and yeah. want to get all spicy with you, start talking shit, you're just like, come on, dog. You know me. You know I'm not fucking this up on purpose. And some some of your friends, some of my friends, just aren't well-versed in keeping calm during mm. gameplay. Mm. Yeah, actually, that was a bit of an issue when, like, when Overwatch was really popping. And everyone was on. I would just, you know, I'd play with whoever was there. And, like, the skill gap was pretty wide. Yeah. And that was a little bit problematic at times. Because we had one one friend who uh, moved to New York. 
he was he was highly ranked and played with some super like very serious players, but he himself wasn't all that great. But he acted as though he was and would like try and like coach the team while he was playing Torbjorn and doing basically nothing and would be like really serious about it. You know, we're all like, dude, what the fuck are you even doing? Like, if you really want to carry the team that much, pick <laughs> Reinhardt, like fuck play else. a fucking frontliner and do something. Yeah, man, that's the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's again, not to the fault of Overwatch itself. I guess it kind of is because the game sucks, <laughs> but it's more so the people, I guess. Yeah. Because the highlights in that game when I was playing with friends were really high. Like, it's a lot of fucking fun to play. Yeah. But it has to be clicking on all cylinders. Yeah. If you're just playing it. Oh, God. I feel like, I kind of feel that way about most team games. You know, I play a lot of Dota, and, like, when you're doing what you want to do, it's a great feeling. And when everything's just going wrong, it's, oh, God. It's like watching your mom get fucked by your worst enemy. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, as far as enjoyed games, I I still really like Rocket League. That game's a lot of fun. Um, when I was doing some streaming, I played Surgeon Simulator, and oh, that man. was fun as fuck. <laughs> that was a lot of fucking fun. Oh, um, God, Surgeon Simulator. What Super Hot is also a lot of fun. Oh, that game, I, I want to play that game. It just looks so cool. Uh, if you had a Twitch Prime account, uh, <laughs> you could have gotten that game for free, actually. Huh? They were doing like 31 days of free games. Oh. Yeah. It was fucking sick. They do it every once in a while. I'm on Twitch pretty consistently. I so never pick up on like the free shit that they give out. Yeah, it's a little crown. You just got to click the crown. I know. And it's usually stuff I don't care about, which is why like, I'll yeah. only every once in a while will I click on it and actually you know, get something out of it. Yeah. That's, that's understandable. Yeah. But uh, for me, games that I've played recently and enjoyed, I've really been digging Monster Hunter World. Um, I'm like HR 51 or so now. Um, I also just today got MTG Arena, which is a really interesting new take on Magic Online. Because Magic Online, the old one, is more of a true, this is Magic the Gathering, but online. MTG Arena is like some new shit where it's closer to like, hearthstone where if you just play the game consistently you'll get new shit but it's all the same cards as you know standard magic and i say standard because they only have the new shit but it's pretty cool so far i'm not sure if i'm gonna devote any real time or money into it but it's pretty cool so far you know um it's free to download so if you have any interest in magic or like you know want to play some of the new cards without really any uh commitment not a bad way to do that i also dug the mega man 11 demo and that's about it i don't really play a whole lot of new stuff i'm probably gonna be playing kingdom hearts birth by sleep after this show because we were talking about it and that rekindled the kingdom hearts itch. <laughs> okay. And you know, I'm going to feel terrible about that, but you know, fucking life hearts. choices. Brr, brr. I can't do RPGs anymore. Can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Swervelo asks, fuck, Mary kill Jack in the box in and out five guys. Okay. Kill Jack in the box. 
Obviously. Fucking out, marry five guys. Uh, I would reverse the last two. Uh, for the price, marrying in and out. Are you fucking kidding me? Same no, but see, I, I took that basically the exact same way, but reversed it. Because I'm thinking, now I'm marrying the expensive girl. <laughs> <laughs> With way more options. Yeah. She can she can do different positions every night. She, she even got hot dogs on deck. Yo, she's nationwide. She got peanuts all over the floor of place. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's fair. I could vibe with that. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. But I would definitely fuck some in and out. And there's no question I'm killing Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box had like one thing I ever really liked on their menu. And it was only around for like three months. And that was the hot mess, which was basically a sourdough jack. But it had like pepper jack cheese and jalapenos on it. I remember that. It was really good. That and was part of their munchie meal, wasn't it? I think it was right before the munchie meal came out. Okay. But... Or it may have been around the same time. But, yeah, they don't, I don't think they have it anymore. And I haven't had a reason to go to Jack since then. They have something similar, I think. It's got uh, onion rings, jalapeno, and, like, some queso sauce or some shit on it. Probably fuck with that. Yeah, maybe. You should check it out. I might. But, but I don't remember the last time I've gone to Jack in the Box anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I don't really do fast food in general, so... Yeah, that's probably for the best. Yeah, I, I dare say so. Did you... When you were younger in high school, did you fuck with, like, those fast food specialties that would drop? Like, I remember in high school when the KFC buck, uh, bowl came out. Oh. Me and, like, four other people were fucking obsessed with, like, trying whatever new shit dropped from Yeah, fast I would food usually place. try everything at least once. I was never really blown away. Yeah, it was always it was always more so the chase yeah. than the food. I would usually try most things. I, I remember definitely going out of my way to try to double down at KFC, and that was that, that was, was too much. A nightmare. That was a living nightmare. <laughs> it was like a, two pads of lard between your fingers with cheese and like some mystery sauce in there it was so <laughs> gross don't forget the bacon it oh, was just I, it was like ugh. it was just too fucking salty too fucking meaty there was like no vegetables involved so you just feel bad afterward it was yeah no that was way too fucking much <laughs> yeah so last question this week comes from dick lightful which i also think is a new one yeah welcome he says Sorry if you guys already talked about this, but what do you what do y'all think of Eminem's surprise album, Kamikaze? What do you think about the beef between him and Machine Gun Kelly? What do you think of all the disses and callouts on the new album? And what do you guys think of Eminem in general? Uh, so I'll be one hundred percent real. Uh, I don't. Again, as I said at the top of the episode, I don't think highly of Eminem. Not. In that, like, I don't think he's good. It's just that I don't like his music. I don't like the way he sounds on music. And there are only, like, one or two tracks that I've heard that I've been like, okay, I can fuck with this. Otherwise, I get really annoyed by hearing him. And in all honesty, he's a very talented guy. He's very good at what he does. I just can't fuck with him. <laughs> There's a... Th I mean, this is a bit I stole from my brother, but I'm going to try and do justice to it. So, women now... 
in his more recent stuff, you know, he got a little bit more serious and he starts getting emotional and then he starts to get real mad and he starts rhyming every word with every third and the third and the bird and the yeah. And like, that's his whole shtick. And like, I can't really deal with that. <laughs> like, that's basically every song after 8 Mile came out, except Rap God. I did listen to Kill Shot and that shit was fucking sick. Okay. That was I, really I fucking good. I haven't actually heard anything out of Kamikaze or like the resulting beef. Yeah. I hadn't heard none of that. So I don't actually know. <laughs> I think I like Machine Gun Kelly as well. Mm-hmm. He has some heaters out there. Not to say that he's like the most magnificent artist in the world, but he's got some bangers that are that are available for download. But I will say I the only song that I heard in that trilogy of disses was Kill Shot and I was just like, yo, there's no fucking way Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly can respond to this. There's nothing you can say in return to this. <laughs> Holy shit. Alright, I gotta yeah, check it out. Fucking smoked. I gotta check it, it out. It was it was disgusting. I'd actually been meaning to listen to Kamikaze, but just never got around to it. Apparently it's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's most of what I hear. But I also know some people that are really just on Eminem's dick regardless. Yeah. So I Opinions on Eminem, I always find hard to take because there are a lot of people who feel that he is legit the best rapper of all time. And And they're justified to some degree. I think he is very talented. I would definitely put him top 20, no question. Top 10, maybe with some question. Like... (laughs) That one, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. I, I would say, given how influential he is, like... I think you there are certain things you just can't take away. And he is very talented and uh, is also one of the best sellers. So with all of the above, I think he's just in the halls of greatness just based on that. Yeah. Uh, he's he's very like he's abnormally talented. Like he's that's not he's you know how some people practice their entire lives at something and can only achieve like some moderate success. Yeah. Like most of the people in the fighting game community. (laughs) I feel attacked. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. Uh, So it's, it's like, I mean, but you're not playing full time. You're not doing it. I'm not committing to this stuff. So there are those people who do commit themselves to it. And for whatever reason, they're doing everything right. It's just that they've reached their maximum potential and people who can practice all day, every day at something and still go even further beyond yeah. uh, somebody <laughs> like they become people like Eminem, like Kobe Bryant, like LeBron James. Like yeah. those are those kinds of people like they just found the one thing that they were meant to do or they would have been that good at everything that they would have right. tried. Yeah, they're just meant for greatness. Yeah, like that's that's just who Eminem is. Like he's one of those cats that if he had found like accounting some or something, maybe he would have been the illest accountant in the world Who knows? or programming. He would have been the best programmer in the world, but he's a rapper and he's fucking incredible at that. Yeah. And not to say like rapping is the most difficult thing on the planet, but like to be as good as he is at it is something else. Now his creative decisions leave more to be desired, <laughs> but like his skill alone, like in rapping is fucking incredible. Yeah. But with that, Said again, didn't listen to it. I just, I, I just can't vibe with his music. I just can't fuck with it. Yeah, like I said, I after 
it was basically up until Eight Mile came out. I was pretty into Eminem, but like, you know, his his rap was very different back then. It was much sillier, and you know, I was in middle school, and that really spoke to me. <laughs> you know, so I I definitely think he is a great rapper, but I just haven't really cared about him in quite some time. So yeah, but that Fair does enough. it for questions this week. All right. Well, thanks everybody for riding in to this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. I've been Denzel. I've been Chet. You can follow the show on Twitter at xrealnerdhours. You can follow me on Twitter at that Denzel. You can follow Chet on Twitter at Bushido Brown SD. Excellent. You can join us on the subreddit reddit.com/r/realnerdhours. You can like the show on Facebook, facebook.com/realnerdhourspodcast, and groups/realnerdhourspodcast. And lastly, you can support the show on Patreon, patreoncom slash Real nerd hours. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, we'll see you next Thursday. Y'all have a good night.